four, three, two, two one. Blast off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remake Rewind, the podcast for each side of remakes or reboots. Should have happened. I'm Mike, as always, with me. I've got my buddy, Alex. How are you doing, man? Off to a bad start. Off to a bad start? Why is that? You said blast off. Yeah, but I'm not going to leave that in the recording. Well, now we're talking about it. (laughs) I'm going to edit this out. You should leave it in. (laughs) It doesn't make sense unless I leave the counting in as well. You should leave the counting in. That's good. No, I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you how I'm doing, so you have to leave this whole thing in. All right. How are you doing, bud, though? You're not going to get me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it in. Yes. How are you doing, though? You I'm not answering. You're a liar. <laughs> You're so not, I'll leave it in. This is Remake Rewind, the podcast where we talk about <laughs> remakes and whether or not they should have happened. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what are we going <laughs> to be talking about today, man? We're talking about Dumbo. Oh, the 1941 classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny. I actually really wanted to cover this back in 2019 when the remake came out. But my the previous hosts before you graciously joined the show, for whatever reason, were just like adamantly against doing an episode on Dumbo. I don't know why. Weird. You know, it was it was super weird. It was like, you know, it was in theaters. These guys had no problem going to the movie. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to watch Dumbo. We did the jungle book we did the lion king we did aladdin we did beauty and the beast no issues but for some reason dumbo line in the sand dumbo didn't want to do it dumbo has a unique effect on people i i honestly didn't really remember this movie like i have a vague recollection of watching this once with my grandfather when i was like three or four years old like i remember just being plopped in front of the tv by my grandfather's ottoman watching it but i think i've only ever watched it one time and this movie was bizarre. And it's also just very sad. It is sad. And it's, it, it makes no sense. So I guess before we get into it, uh, ha- have you seen the new one before? No, I haven't. This is the first time. Okay. So first time for, for that. Yeah. You've seen the original one that before though, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I, you know, I grew up with all of the, um, the older Disney movies. Um, I don't have like specific memories of watching them, but I know that I've seen them a bunch. Right. Yeah, this one this one's going to be interesting to talk about, so I think we should get into it. Do you want to summarize the first one, or do you want to summarize the second? I'll do the first one. All right. Um, got this, man. This mama elephant is desperate to have a baby, and she thinks that the stork passes her over, but she ends up getting a baby, and she's so happy, but that baby has massive ears and is made fun of by the- Deformed. The sewing circle of uh, elephants in, in the uh, circus with them. So- uh, a bunch of people are mean to the elephant, people and animal alike, and the mom lashes out a little bit and ends up being imprisoned in uh, one of the, the circus cars with a chain and shackle and everything. And um, Dumbo is befriended by a tiny little mouse who teaches him the value of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Believing in oneself. Yeah, that's the one. Not, <laughs> not being held back by what other people think. And uh, the two of them unlock Dumbo's ability to fly, and uh, they're able to get his mom uh, out of captivity, sort of, even though she's still totally in captivity. 
<laughs> and Dumbo becomes uh, an arm of the military industrial complex and he helps win World <laughs> War II. One. Oh man. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know like I don't I know the newer movie takes place in like 1921 or something. It takes place right after World War 1. But Well, they're both the, this, I think the first one takes place in the 20s too or the early okay. Late teens. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Same time period. God, this movie's bizarre. So this was, uh, you know, praise be. It was only an hour and three minutes with credits. Uh, it was distributed by RKO Pictures, uh, Radio Pictures, which that, that that actually surprised me. But they did the first few movies, except so they did Snow White, which was the first movie. They did Pinocchio and this one. They did not do Fantasia. Disney distributed Fantasia on their own, um, which I didn't realize Fantasia was older than this movie. That that actually blew my mind yeah, when I was looking into this too. one. Um, but this movie was made specifically to make a profit. Now, that being said, all movies are made with the idea that a profit will come. But uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia bombed because they weren't able to release in the European market because of uh, COVID. the lead up to yeah, because of COVID. No, Spanish the flu, to, actually. You know, Europe was was go in war already. You know, we were still sitting kind of pretty. You know, we hadn't had Pearl Harbor yet, so Americans didn't give a shit about anything in the world going on at that point. Sure didn't. But uh, World War, yeah. But the previous movies, uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia, came out during the war and couldn't be distributed in the uh, in Europe. So uh, they need to make this movie on the cheap so they can recoup losses from the previous two movies. So how does do you know how that impacts uh, storytelling and stuff? No, I couldn't find that. I just know that they did it. They they did a stripped down animation with less special effects, because, just to keep the cost down. Gotcha. I was actually really impressed with the animation. Um, it's been a while since I've really intently watched anything from the '40s, and um, the fact that they were able to do that at that time seems pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, visually, it was still a very interesting movie. Um, there were a lot of things I didn't understand. Like, I'm for, you know, having, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? God, my brain doesn't work. Uh, but, you know, when you give an human characteristics to animals sure. or... Anthropomorphizing. Uh, anthropomorph. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm all on board with that for the animals. The train, though, could... <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre at the beginning of the movie there's this like storm and the train's just like chugging along and it's like oh oh god <laughs> like, i think i can tired. i think i can i think i can i knew i could i knew i could i knew i could and it's just like that didn't bother me that was only a few times that's kind of cute yeah it's just like bizarre because there's no other living items like Things are, you know, everything else is an animal. Kind of makes sense that it would have a personality, but this is the only man-made item in the movie that has come to life in some way, shape, or form. So, it's it's a little odd. Um, it also whistles all aboard. Let's go <laughs> in the whistle. <laughs> you know, people love a talking train through the through the centuries. I guess so. I guess so. Um, uh, can we talk about how that stork is awful at his job? Yeah, this, he's terrible. The stork flies around. First of all, every circus animal in the same night has a kid, which I don't know. It just like doubles the circus's bills overnight. Um, it yep. also just seems like a real rough night, like a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But um, Dumbo's ma or Jumbo, Jumbo's mom is, um, you know, waiting for this baby to come, and the stork uh, completely misses his opportunity to drop off the baby. Like he has the baby. Yeah. The whole five minute, first five minutes of this movie is like. A, pure emotional manipulation 
Dumbo's yep. Dumbo's mom is just like so sad that she can't have a baby. Meanwhile, the stork is just like I don't know, smoke smoking a J, yeah, or something, smoking a jazz cigarette. <laughs> and then he's up on the cloud, like looking for where he's supposed to go, uh, looking at a map. You know, if he's supposed to take a left turn at Albuquerque or whatever. And uh, Dumbo <laughs> is in this little rucksack, and he keeps on falling through the cloud. And the stork has to keep on grabbing him, like find a better cloud, bro. Or, or better yet, maybe not a cloud at all. And then also, uh, when he finally gives the the Dumbo baby to Jumbo, um, her name's Jumbo, right? Mrs. Jumbo? Yeah, Mrs. Jumbo. I'm say Mrs. Jumbo. Uh, when he finally gives the baby to Mrs. Jumbo, um, he does this whole like speech and like song and dance. He's like, no, no, I have to do it. This is part of the, part of what, what you pay for when you get a stork baby. Um, but we didn't see any of the other animals get that. And I just feel like it was unnecessary. Like she just wanted the... Kid. Maybe she paid for the VIP experience and just. Well, then she should be very upset that she didn't get she it. She should be first. Overpromised, underdelivered. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it was all bad. Should we just kind of peel the bandaid off and get to the uh, yeah the rough nature of this? So well, we, on Disney Plus, it has a little you know warning, and it says, "Hey, man, we made this movie at a time when we were super ignorant. No excuse." As opposed to just editing these scenes out or acting like it didn't happen. If they we're edited it out, the movie would be 15 minutes. <laughs> so they just like, we're going to acknowledge it. And hopefully people can have conversations with their kids about this. And which I think is the right thing to do. I, you know, there are plenty of movies and, you know, Gone with the Wind has the same thing on, on HBO Max. And it makes sense. Like you can't erase these, th- those works of art, but yeah, absolutely. We can have a conversation. I think it's better, too, because there's so many families out there that are going to be like, well, you know, I don't think Dumbo's that bad. I just want to show it to my kids. Um, And, yeah, I don't think that that getting rid of it is the way to go. But at least this forces uh, the parents to have to make a conscious decision about it. So our last episode, we did Blazing Saddles. And I mentioned it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. I went into this this one expecting it to be some good old-fashioned family fun racism. But it was... Actually, worse than I thought it was gonna be. It was pretty like, bad. Like the op- one of the opening numbers, like in the first five minutes of the movie, is you know there's the railroad tracks being put together, and also like the circus being you know put together, and you see all these black men like wailing away on hammers, faceless, like, faceless black men, and they have a song. It's like we're just oh, happy-hearted I- roustabouts. We get our pay and throw the money away, or something like that. And I just, like I pulled up the lyrics for us. Oh. Give us a few bars, bud. Um, let me find the best part. You can cut this so it sounds like I, <laughs> I had it ready to go. Uh, we work all day. We work all night. We never learn to read or write. We're happy-hearted roustabouts. Let's see. Here's some other choice ones. We slave until we're almost dead. We don't know when we're going to get our pay, and when we do, we throw it away. Um, muscles, br- br- muscles aching, back near breaking. Eggs and bacon, what we need. Yes, sir. Boss man hounding. Keep on pounding for your bed and feed. There ain't no let up. Must get set up. Wanted yeah, wanted does. Get them clothes off, but must keep awake. There's one more at the end <sighs> here. Um, oh, yeah. The last line is um, big top rounding into shape. Keep on working. Stop that shirking. Grab that rope, you hairy ape. Pounding, pounding, pounding. <laughs> pounding O. Fuck. It's so bad. It's not great. It's not great at all. And then you have, of course, the crows. Oh, well, hold on. I'm not ready to move on just yet. Also, that whole song is these faceless uh, black laborers who we never see again in the movie, um, along with the elephants putting up the the big top tent. And that's it. 
Yeah. Just just black people and elephants, you know? And elephants come from Africa. Oh, and also all the characters are drawn like very um similar to the way that you would do a caricature of the person from their country of origin. Yeah. You know? It's it's odd. It's just, it's definitely a choice that was made. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to get to the crows and they're, you know, jive talking and whatnot, all voiced by a white man. I think the the lead one was a white man and the rest were black men. I I tried to find we look, we looked IMDb. It up. I, oh, did you guys look it up? Yeah. I couldn't find it. I, I don't have the info in front of like, me, but the lead one was a white man who actually has like a very sad story. He's like penniless and I think he had an addiction issue um, and just like died alone. Um the other uh, I, the other voice actors and performers um have actually done a lot of really cool uh social justice things and um giving back to the community and whatnot, so it's kinda cool. Oh, that's good to know. I yeah. when I looked it up, I Googled it and it just said all the crows were voiced by a white man and I couldn't find now granted, you know, this movie's from the forties and back then not everybody was photographed, so IMDB only had a handful of photos. So yeah. well that's good to know that there were at least some people of color hired on this production. Yeah, I'd be really curious to know um, how the royalties are handled in that, because I have a feeling that they were just paid for the day, and that's it. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, it's bad. We we don't have anything new to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, probably essays written on this. Yeah, so, you know, there's a, this movie's odd, like, to get through it. Like, it's really just a set, like, a series of vignettes, and then there'll be, like, three or four minutes of plot kind of stuff. And then it's two or three vignettes again, and then two or three minutes of plot. And that's just kind of how the movie goes. Yeah. Um, so, like, we get this, like, series of vignettes of just random circus acts and whatnot. And then we have Dumbo come on, and everyone starts making his uh, fun of his big ears. But then there's this, like, ginger kid, kid who, like, starts making fun of him. And, like, this ginger kid has massive ears. Like, who's he to talk? Yeah, like, the joke is that he's making fun of Dumbo, but he's got the big ears, too. But it's like, yeah, wait, he's why a is he? Yeah, he's a ginger. And then the mom spanks him. <laughs> Jumbo spanks him with her trunk. That, that was another, like, you know, uh, the racism or bigotry against redheads is not nearly as bad as it, as it is against people of color. But, like, I feel like redheads were the butt of a lot of jokes here. And uh, kind of Italians, too. I think the the ringleader of the circus is Italian, and he's doing like a the you know, big yeah he's doing like Medici. a big um, a big Mario voice. There's a <laughs> there's a per, uh, point in the movie um, where we're first learning like you know oh the the elephant's a person wow uh, that the the train that's a person too this Italian he's a person. <laughs> um, it's it's bizarre, and then like the ring this this actually was pretty visceral, but the Medici you know the the cartoon Danny DeVito like starts whipping Mrs. Jumbo. I had a for, really like, hard time watching that. I was like, oh man, this is bad. And like, that's, you know, like I remember when I was a little kid, like four or five, I went to a circus and I got to ride an elephant. I was all excited and it traumatized me because I remember to this day seeing that the elephant was like abused because I remember seeing a big gash on its neck. Mm. Um, Like I still vividly can picture this. And this was like when I was like, Three or four. I definitely wasn't five because yeah. uh, I remember where I was. But yeah, it was it was weird. It goes and, on um, for a long time, and the mom is just like crying, and all she wants to do is protect her kid that she her baby was so desperate yeah. to have. Yeah, and so then like right after that, like Dumbo's like sad, and Timothy the mouse is like 
oh, I'm going to go talk to the ringleader and make sure he makes you as part of the act and all that stuff. And it's weird. He like stabs Dumbo with a little needle and pricks him. And then the elephants end up calling, you know, they do the act and it's a pyramid thing. And the those elephants crumbles. do not adhere to the laws of the physical world. Oh, not at all. Uh, but they're like doing this weird pyramid thing and ele- and Dumbo accidentally knocks him down. And one of the elephants calls Dumbo an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, you know, different different time, I guess. It's a reference to something we don't understand. I, it must be. And then so we get those. He ends up. Be- sorry. Really Go quick. Ahead. Those uh, those other elephants, like the little sewing circle of really mean uh, women elephants is like kind of misogynistic, too, since we're talking about bigotry. Yeah. Uh, like the mom is the exception to the rule. And the rule is that women are catty and cruel or like, oh, you know, they're all mother-in-laws, like the character of that. Yeah. They're all shitty to them. Yeah. There's nothing to balance it out. No, there's not. Like, like it's supposed to be Timothy the mouse. And like, you know, he does it a couple times. He chastises the elephants. Like, why are you picking on him? He's just a baby. And then like the crows pick on Dumbo as well. And Timothy has this like monologue, like it's pretty fucked up. You call him a freak. Like, He's just a little baby, yeah. just doing his little baby thing. So it's like, yeah, you got Timothy doing his soapbox a couple of times. But um, it gets really weird. So, like, they put Dumbo in this new act where he is supposed to be, like, putting out fires with these, like, clowns. Um, and it goes over really well. And so the clowns are celebrating. And then Timothy and Dumbo decide, oh, they're going to go get a drink of water. But it's actually the champagne. <laughs> yeah. And it must be absinthe, not champagne, because they hallucinate this like terrifying like pink elephants, and then it's like multicolored elephants that turn into like a multicolored elephant Voltron that's like <laughs> dancing de- like demonically, and it's just like that whole traumatizing. That traumatizing whole pink elephant Dumbo. sequence is so scary. It's fucking bizarre, and it goes on for like it, ten minutes. It's like it's like a like one fifth of the movie is the dancing pink elephant hallucination party. It makes a lot of sense to me that bands like Pink Floyd grew up on this and then like made trippy fucked up uh, cartoons yeah. for their videos. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So that we get to oh, go ahead. Um, Dumbo's a child getting drunk. I just, I just I think that's funny. So I did want to bring that up because Pinocchio was the other big story-driven movie before this, and there's a whole island of boys getting drunk in that. Like, I'm curious when uh, we could probably easily look this up, but we're not going to do it while we're on the show. But I'm curious when the minimum drinking age was established in this country. It's it's it was sometime after the freeways because the um, it was state by state, so like mid sixties. I, I think so, because it used to be basically the way it worked was the federal government said you will get zero dollars towards maintaining your freeways from the federal government unless the drinking age is 21. That's cool. Yeah, I so. feel I feel like it was just like less of a, a thing then. I know that um, parents were like rubbing whiskey in kids mouths and shit. Yeah. I mean, Not to get them drunk, actually, but, you know, to for like teething to help numb the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Or just quiet them down. So it is kind of to get them drunk. Uh, but I think it was viewed as less of an issue. Yeah. So we get to the crows and, you know, they're all talking shit to Dumbo and Timothy stands up for him. And then they go, they they figure out that Dumbo can fly and they give him a feather to make him fly. And I remember the feather thing being a big deal, but it really wasn't. They're just like, oh, yeah, you use the feather to fly because they just jokingly said like, oh, the only way this elephant could have got up to the tree was if he flew and then like timothy's like oh yeah this elephant can fly with like no proof <laughs> that they can fly so they give him a feather 
and then he can fly and then they get to the final you know act of the movie and they're doing the the act and timothy's like you don't actually need the feather and it's just like i kind of remembered the flying being a bigger thing in the movie and maybe it happened earlier mm-hmm. and then he he had the the feather as like a, a crutch and then at the end of the movie he realized he just needs to believe in himself that's what i thought it was going into this that's not what this is at all yeah not so much like it the flying thing is a very short thing just at the very end of the movie and then he gets his ears insured for a million dollars and i i went through and calculated what that is with inflation so he had his Well, he's ears. got two ears. So let's see. If we take a million dollars and we um, divide it by two, that's going to be – well, if you take a, a thousand to divide it by two, that's 500. But 500 – a thousand has more zeros than a million. So let's go back to the 500 and you <laughs> add a few. So it's 500 – yeah, it's $500,000 each year. Yeah. So about a million dollars total for the ears adjusted for inflation, $20,157,210.50. One hundred and fifty-seven thousand two hundred and ten dollars and eighty cents in twenty twenty-two dollars. Yeah, that is an insane amount. Like, I don't even think. Uh, I think it might not uh, be enough for a flying elephant. Actually, I mean that is that is more money than when you have somebody like uh, David Beckham's legs are insured. I think for like ten million dollars <laughs> each. So, like, do they have uh, the Flash movie insured? No. In case they choose not to release it. So they just announced today they're not releasing the Batgirl movie that they filmed and made for $90 million. So that's the Discovery taking over Warner Brothers and whatnot and Universe, uh, Warner Brothers, not, not Universal, just Warner Brothers. They're canceling a lot of stuff. There was like a show that was like canceled literally the day before it was going to air. Mm-hmm. Like they're just closing everything. That's pretty wild. The but, Flash uh, is uh, getting its final season too, which I think it's about due for, but it's a half season. So it seems like it might've been um, a similar you know, symptom. Yeah. Good. Whatever. I never liked that show. Anyway, Dumbo. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's really all I've got. There's nothing that indicates that the humans understand the animals, but at the end of the movie, Timothy is in the p- magazines as being signed on for Dumbo's manager. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of played it fast and loose at the end there. Um, this movie is a bummer. Like it is my, my biggest moment of joy was when Dumbo, um, sucked up the peanuts and opened fire on these fucking people. I want, <laughs> I want a Dumbo's revenge where he just takes out all of these motherfuckers. Well, it, we're getting that weird Winnie the Pooh movie horror film where it's supposed <laughs> to actually be, maybe we can get a Dumbo that goes on a rampage movie. It's got to go into public domain. There's so many moments in this movie though, where I, the, the audience, was um was so like reminded that these animals and also the you know faceless black laborers are uh complicit in their own subjugation and a lot of times they're like happy about it like all these the the mama elephants the women elephants are um are like pleased to be there they talk about being a dignified race and this and that i'm like you guys are fucking uh slaves slaved you gotta get out of there man rise up like there's more of you you're elephants yeah, and the and the movie is like you know obviously not aware of it. It's not interested in unionizing the animals or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. It's it's a bizarre movie, and it's definitely a product of its time. Um, I'll probably never watch this again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was it for me. I, I didn't enjoy it, it, and it's also just like all that stuff aside, it's so sad. And it, it's it's surprising because Dumbo is such a huge part of Disney. Like, what, like in every advertisement you see for Disneyland, you always see the flying Dumbo ride. Yeah. Like, 
every TV spot, every commercial, every YouTube ad, you see the elephant, you know, the flying elephant ride. And so I was expecting this just to be incredibly endearing and whatnot. And it's just a bizarre series of vignettes with about 10 to 15 minutes of plot. Yeah. And like a reminder of some of uh, America's darkest chapters. Yeah, it's. I don't know how this became such a staple because there's so many other Disney movies that just, you know, you think of movies like The Black Cauldron, um, even The Rescuers, you know, a lot of people like The Rescuers, but they're not getting amusement park rides and stuff like that. Like there's so many other Disney movies that I think are better than this that haven't stood the test of time that haven't got the level of love that this one gets. And I find it just a little bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's like... um I, I know we're done talking about this. I would be curious if there is something that came out just before pandemic that is maybe more beloved than it deserves to be, or we'll realize that in 10 years. Cause like this was released. I'd have to look at the month, but probably right before Pearl Harbor. Right. Yeah. Released in 41. And then there was, um, you know, we were involved in a world war for four years that ended with dropping a nuclear bomb. So maybe this was the last moment of, uh, happiness, happiness for a lot of people. Maybe. Yeah. What have you been up to, bud? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'll go first this time. <laughs> um, I'll just I'll just turn and burn through some of these because a lot of the stuff is just rewatches. So um, I refused to pl- to pay for Morbius. I didn't go see it in theaters. <laughs> I went to go rent it. But it was available on Delta Airlines for oh, free. No. And I watched it as Christopher Ten- uh, Christopher Tennant <laughs> Christopher Nolan would want me to watch movies on an Tenet. airplane. Christopher <laughs> uh, but That's I watched funny. Morbius on an airplane, and it was it was bad. Like, I, it, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's certainly way worse than it should be for a superhero movie in 2022. So it was a bad movie, cool. and it made no sense. Uh, I started rewatching The Office because I rewatch that every couple of years, and started it while I'm traveling. It's it's good. I like The Office. Um, I watched that new Resident Evil live action series uh, on yeah. Netflix. It's not good, but I could not stop watching it. Like, the uh, acting is terrible. The effects are pretty solid. The cinematography is weird. There's a lot of weird choices. Acting is atrocious. I got to say it a second time. That's how bad it is at certain <laughs> points. But every episode would do, like, one thing that I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to see how that pays off in the next episode. Yeah. And there's never any payoff. That's they funny. That's go, how I felt about The Flash since we brought that yeah. up. Yeah, it's just every episode, slight something interesting, and then the next episode brings that thing back, and they just move past it, and then there's a thing that's even more interesting, and I'm like, well, surely they're not just going to blow past this in the next episode, and they do. Yeah. Like, do you care about spoiling it? No. Okay, so there's uh, spoilers for Resident Evil. There's um, a point where they tease that they've, they've actually figured out somewhat how to control some of the animals infected by the virus Mm -hmm. and so we find out you know they tease it a couple times and at the end of the episode the second to last episode we see that they've got this giant zombie crocodile because like (laughs) when the animals get infected they get massive so like there's a caterpillar in the first episode that's like the size of a bus and Uh. so there's this alligator that's like the size you know it's it's a hundred plus feet long and it's giant and i'm like oh this is gonna fuck shit up in the finale nope doesn't do a goddamn thing so it's it's just like that kind of shit sounds like a blast um, rewatch wanted with james mcavoy nice it's we i loved that movie when it came out i own it it's it doesn't age all that well there's certain things that are still great 
but it's definitely a product of its time. Well, when you like, when uh, you came out, you were the prime demographic too. Yeah, that movie is made yeah. for mid twenties white men. Yeah, absolutely. But it's 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 a little weird now. Like the the CGI is not quite good enough yeah. to like hold up. Rewatch Jackass three. Hell yeah! And then I watched this new show on Netflix called Farzar. And uh, oh yeah, I heard about that. It's I've only watched one episode, but it's it's it says that thing where you kind of hang your hat on it, where you acknowledge that it's a problem. Sure. Like in the first couple minutes of it, they're like, "Hey, is this show going to be more like Rick and Morty or Futurama?" Like that is an actual line yeah. in the show. That's um, but yeah, but uh, it's yeah, I don't think I'm going to continue. But what have you been up to? Um, I saw Nope. Oh, I'm going to see that this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to talk to you about it. It's pretty cool, man. I want to go see it again. Um, definitely Good. feels like it it bears um, repeat watchings. Good. Um, I would expect no less from him. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Genius Kanye trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. I like seeing how things come together. I'm sort of fascinated by people that are operating at that level of celebrity, especially um, artists. Um, so it's kind of an interesting look behind the, uh, behind the veil or whatever of what Kanye is up to. But it really, like, I don't think this is intentional. But it charts his like decline into where he's at now, and it's just like kind of sad. And at the end of it, I was like, "Yeah, fuck this guy," you know. Yeah, I know he's got issues, but like, yeah, he turned into a villain. Yeah, get get the help, man. You've got the resources to be able to get the help you need, yeah. and you choose not to. Uh, we've been rewatching Seinfeld, so we're on season five now. That's fun. We're on, we're on five as well. Tell me when you get to. Um... <laughs> The, the blackface episode oh god <laughs> yeah i forgot about that one okay i forgot about it until it happened it's it's not good um what else we watched uh jackass shark week that was fun do you know anything about that nice no dude gets bit by a shark like legit which guy um poopies oh <laughs> shit yeah it was his first time like doing jackass stuff um, oh man yeah, so that was fun uh, we watched Paddington, which is a lovely film. Delightful. Yeah, I love that. We're going to watch uh, two this week at some point. Uh, I finally got a one to watching uh, Metal Lords also. Metal Lords. I know what that is. Yeah, but, so it's on Netflix me. and it's about the kids in high school that like want to start a metal. Oh, band. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah. when I first watched that, um, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get what they're doing. But I was kind of turned off because I like grew up in in that subculture and this really felt like it was uh, made by people who did not um, upon my first viewing. But oh. I was like, you know, I'm going to finish this at some point. Like, it's it's silly. I just need to, like, get into the right uh, mood to watch this. And then um, the other day I saw that Tom Morello was credited as one of the contributors. Oh. The player from Rage Against the Machine. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. All right, maybe I need to give this another shot. And I uh, we ended up watching the whole thing. And I was wrong. Like it's clearly made by people who love aggressive music. Um, Good. And it's still like kind of a, uh, it's a little saccharine for what it is, even though it's like kind of raunchy. Uh, but you know, it's like a feel good story about these kids coming together or whatever, just doing plain metal. Um, but you know, it's, can I make it's, a comment about Rage Against the Machine real quick? No, it's a love letter to the genre, <laughs> and it was a good time. And you know, I recommend it. Just go in with uh, not super high expectations. Rage Against the Machine was better before they went political. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the kind of guy that would say that. <laughs> Mike's Mike's wearing a work polo right now. <laughs> I am. 
Oh, man. Fucking idiots. That's it for me. All right. Let's get into the 2019 one. So it's the classic Dumbo story that we all know and love, except Colin Farrell is a war vet missing an arm. Yeah. Who, who just wants to be a part of the circus. But Danny DeVito is like, nah, man, uh, I, I'm very uh, ableist. And there's there's no job that you can do in the circus as a one-armed freak. Get out of here. Put your kids to work. I'm all about child labor. Uh, your daughter wants to be a scientist. Women can't be scientists. Get her to work. And then um, to be fair, the dad doesn't think women can be scientists either. That's true. Uh, but then uh, Mrs. Jumbo has has a sweet little baby, little Jumbo Junior, and. Uh, has massively big ears, but they figure out pretty early in this movie that Dumbo can fly, and they just need to figure out how to harness that and get Dumbo to have the confidence to fly so they can milk this uh, poor baby elephant to to death and get, get money. And then Michael Keaton shows up and is like, hey, you got a flying elephant? I've got like a Vegas-style kind of hotel with an amusement park, and we need an act. Why don't you come in and I'm going to take advantage of you guys the way you guys take advantage of the baby elephant. And then uh, he burns down the uh, the park because of hubris. And then uh, Danny DeVito goes, hey, maybe using animals is not a good idea. And so he creates an animal free circus at the end and everybody learns their lessons. Yeah, it was delightful. Um, I really liked this movie. I'm glad you liked it because I didn't care about it at all. <laughs> Oh, did we mention it was, that it's directed by Tim Burton? No, we didn't, but it's definitely directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. The costume designer went out of her way. She said, I refuse to have anything that's black and white striped in this because <laughs> Burton does it in everything. So she made sure not to have anything that was black and white in this that's movie. Funny. That's cool. Which is kind of, she's giving herself a challenge because it's, uh, it's a circus. It'd be very easy to do. Yeah. Like especially back in, you know, 1921, you know, you would have had a lot of clowns. It's just like the black and white pins pinstripes kind of stuff but yeah good for her um i don't understand why the ringmaster played by danny devito was disappointed that he had an elephant that was the only elephant that looked like that in the world yeah like, i had the exact same note thing yeah it it would and also like uh, the, one of the notes i have is like he's like okay we're we, i paid a lot of money for this so i still need to put the elephant in the show but we're gonna you know pin its ears back and put a little baby bonnet on it and no one's gonna see any, anything with the the freaky ears and then of course dumbo sneezes and the bonnet comes off and everyone starts making fun of it. like that's a fake elephant look at the ears and it's like Okay, it's just an elephant with very long ears. How many in 1921? How many elephants have this has this fucker actually seen? Yeah, the hate that is elicited from the crowd is uh, is kind of silly to me. Like you went to a circus and you're seeing something interesting. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense how how pissed people get. I'm I'm on I'm on this. board for the ride. It's fine, but that felt weird. Yeah, it, I, it definitely was weird. Let's back up a little bit, though. I really appreciated that. You know, I think Colin Farrell shows up within five minutes, right? Yeah, he's within the, ten yeah, for sure. Pretty much the opening act. Yeah, yeah. and like the first, the moment he appears on screen, you see that he's in his, um, you know, uh, military uniform and he's missing an arm. And watching it hot off the end of the last one, where we didn't really mention this, but Dumbo literally becomes um, the mascot for like warplanes heading into, I guess, World War One. That's why I was joking about him being a, an arm of the military industrial complex. So coming from that to see this uh, soldier that's missing an arm, it's like, look at the fucking 
uh, the, the consequences of war. And he was not proud about it. Somebody called him captain and he was like, my name's fine. You don't have to say captain. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool. I really appreciated that. I liked having that right up front. It, it's it, I did find it odd that like all the carnies, which, you know, traditionally in movies and television, they're presented as like freaks and whatnot. And it was seemed so odd that they were all off put by a man with a missing arm. Like surely working with bears and dangerous animals and trapeze acts and all this dangerous stuff. They've been around somebody who's missing a limb. Danny DeVito's running like a very Hollywood circus. Everyone there was kind of model looking too. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, just 2019 movie making but um yeah you know this movie i I don't know how i really want to talk about this one because like it's essentially the plot of the first dumbo early on with minus the crows and like there's a little mouse in it that's like oh yeah dumbo likes little mice you see a little mouse in a red kind of outfit as a, a nod to timothy in the previous movie uh but then it has like this third act that doesn't exist in the previous one where they go to this like amusement park attraction place um and it's just i mean it's that. essentially so it's almost, disneyland yeah it's it is essentially disneyland it's it's interesting that they basically made this movie as both like a remake and a sequel and it's also kind of a satirization of disney yeah that is interesting that that kind of went that way because yeah you have um michael keaton plays like a evil walt disney-esque kind of person making this theme park and the um the like uh, theme park cops that they have that are like, oh, we got to get this elephant um, are dressed in like kind of Nazi-ish garb too. Like they've got the little hats yeah. and like long uh, leather looking overcoats. Yeah. You know what I expected once they, they brought in this like Disney theme park element, I expected there to be like a nod to the ride because there's a point where they're, you know, they're trying to get it where um, Colette, the uh, trapeze artist played by uh, Ava Green to ride the elephant and then the, the kids ride the elephant at some point i thought it was going to go super dark and have it like him set up like they think he's going to get a show but he's actually a ride like an amusement attraction and kids get to ride it and i thought it was going to be like a nod to the actual disney park ride where he's mm-hmm. on like a chain or something around a pole or something like that and i thought that would have been a really interesting move to make like a dumbo ride in the dumbo movie yeah um i liked seeing rufus the mean carney get crushed that was cool yeah, he had that coming. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, for a minute, I thought like the Rufus character was going to be a bigger deal. Like maybe he was sent yeah, into like sabotage stuff. And nope. Well, that was another thing I really appreciate about this movie is that it had. Um, I guess it kind of has two halves, right? Like right in the middle is when they go to the Keaton thing, and it kind of feels like it, it's like a sequel to itself. Like it tells one story, then it kind of tells another story. And in my opinion, they work pretty well together. It's a nice little transition, and I really like that. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned this. Um, but once Keaton shows up, who, by the way, is playing like fish odor from Bob's burgers, like he's straight up doing that character. Yeah, pretty much. Once you get the arc with Keaton though, um, it flips the Danny DeVito thing on its head where now he's experiencing what he's doing to, uh, his employees and his, um, his animals and it makes him grow a little conscious. It's kind of nice. And he gets, yeah. he gets a little resolution at the end. No, I did like that. I like the message at the end of the movie. Um, it it just got I, I don't know I I didn't really like the second act so much because they like or I guess the third act the final act like when they get to the Keaton Disneyland, um, you know they Keaton immediately fires all the circus people and like what convinced Danny DeVito to sign with him was like oh my circus is gonna get it be one of the acts of featuring Dumbo and all my 
workers who I treat like family are going to have a place to live. Um, and then they find out that Mrs. Jumbo is going to get euthanized. So all the circus people just like, oh, yeah, we're going to use our unique talents to break in and get her out. And then it's like, you know, they kind of do that. I didn't feel like that was done super well. It was fine. Um, but then like Michael Keaton is trying to stop them from getting the elephants out. So he starts like pulling all the mechanisms and starts <laughs> a fire and like burns down like it's his hubris, burns down his entire park. And Alan Arkin is like, ah, fuck you, man. I'm just going to go invest in uh, yeah. Danny DeVito now. Um, and then you get, you know, Dumbo rescues the family. Um, but that just escalated so quickly. I found it really unbelievable. Like I kind of glazed over the last yeah. like 15 minutes of the movie. You know, it's funny. I, I don't have a problem with Keaton, like you said, having his um, hubris get the best of him and destroying his own park. Uh, you know, it's a little it's a little unbelievable, but it's a kid's movie and whatever. It, lo- it looked good. And it the core of that decision like makes sense that that guy would um, destroy himself. You know what I mean? Take himself down. Right. Uh, I think my issue with that happening is that um, his fall because of hubris was so on the nose and uh, Colette, Ava Green's um, transition from uh, bad, bad guy, how she's kind of introduced to being, uh, you know, a good guy at the end was so abrupt. Like in one scene, she's like playing all cold and she's like, oh, I have to ride this elephant. Mm, I don't I'm putting off bad vibes. Um, and then in the next scene, she's like, oh, I love this guy. This guy's so cute. Me and this elephant, we're the same. And I feel like there could have just been like one moment there where she's like, hey, man, you and me, we're not so different, are we? Yeah, I think there should have been like a series of rehearsals. Like, like uh, I think a perfect example. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Cutting Edge. That's a figure skating movie. No. It's like I've seen Blades of Glory. Movie. Blades of Glory. That's that's a, another. It's essentially a male male version of of the cutting edge uh, but you know they have to work together and you see them struggling and struggling and getting better and then they start to recognize you said oh we're not so different you know yeah and that's we like both have struggled with this that would have been a really great message and then it's like that the, and then it appears that her and colin farrell are in a relationship yeah. at the end of the movie and that that doesn't really i'm your mom now yeah it's like there's there's no like it's obvious but it would have been nice if like her and colin farrell kind of worked together to go Hey, you know, Michael Keaton's really rushing this and it seems yeah. like he's not 100% up to OSHA standards. Like <laughs> we should work together OSHA and standards. you know, between my kids who have this relationship with Dumbo already and you like let's work together and become like a unit that looks out for each other and we're going to make the show a success. But it's just like yeah, they have like the one rehearsal and then they do the actual show, the show goes bad and then it's just like oh yeah, everyone's on the same team now like that yeah, it feels, it feels like some stuff flow. ended up on the cutting room floor there. Yeah, it, it would have had to have been. I can't see any way around that. It didn't ruin the movie for me by any means, but... Yeah, it's... I, I don't know. I just felt nothing for this movie. I didn't hate it. Like, there was never a point where I'm like, good God, is this going to end? But... It was nice seeing the um, a cameo from the singer of Panic at the Disco as the Elephant Trader. Oh, was, was Brandon Yuri in this? No, it's just a guy with eyeliner and a hat. Oh, okay. I was like, that would have been pretty funny because he did a lot of th- like that would have been a pretty good reference if they did put him in there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, Eva, Eva Green, by the way, I think was uh, had a lot of great moments. I think she was just underwritten. She was good. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed mean, her in this. Uh, I thought yeah, Keaton was great. She, I liked him dropping his accent uh, when he wasn't like putting on a show for people. Yeah, 
Keaton's great and everything. Like I'm, I'm yeah. glad we've kind of had a, a after. Sp- yeah, like he he never really went away. Like he was you know in things here and there, but like once he did uh, the founder and Spider Man Homecoming, like he's just been in a lot of things and yeah, he's not he knocks everything out of the park. Like he's always been incredible. Yeah, but he's just had a lot of moments to shine lately. It was also really cool to see a reunion uh, between uh, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, uh, clowns, and a lady that flies through the air. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Danny DeVito actually said in an interview when Tim Burton called him for this, he's like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna complete the uh, the circus trilogy because you know he was kind of like a ringleader in Batman Returns, then he was a ringleader in um, Big Fish, and oh now yeah, this. so he did it. Right. He, he did a trilogy of circus movies with awesome. uh, Tim Burton. I I had kind of uh, written off Tim Burton because I hadn't I haven't really paid attention to what he's been doing lately, um, and this like kind of redeems him a little bit for me, to be honest. Interesting. I I haven't liked anything he's done since Big Fish. Like I need to Big rewatch. Fish is Big one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love Big Fish. I've not so seen good. it in a long time. What'd you think of? Uh, Let's get ready for Dumbo. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I did laugh at that. Um, like there was a lot of things in this that I liked, like little moments, little lines. Um, but like out on the whole, it just didn't do anything for me. But did you notice uh, the secretary is Max Mom? Yeah, from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I'm wondering if uh, Danny DeVito was like, hey, bring her in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, one of my favorite moments was the uh, the little pink elephants um, reference. Much shorter in this version, much less terrifying, but a little scary. Um, it still doesn't make any sense. It doesn't need to, though. Like, Dumbo's just <laughs> seeing something. It's fine. Um, I think he was like, like, Dumbo in that moment is seeing the... Um, the full production and the size of the arena for the first time. So I think he's just sort of being mesmerized and also getting a little scared. Yeah. You know? So I think it, it makes more sense there than a child getting drunk on champagne with a mouse. Um, <laughs> I also really like, like I got to find a gif of it during that scene. They keep on cutting back to Dumbo and he's just like bobbing his head. Yeah. Jamming. <laughs> thought that was what so the funny. Other I thought was interesting was there was some like San Raimi esque like shots in this movie where it's like Dumbo's POV and it like goes tunnel vision and yeah. like blurry on oh, the I edges like and everything, but it's like zooming around and like I th- I thought that was a little little odd, but no, you know. I liked it. I thought this movie was gorgeous, actually. It is a pretty movie. I also, to be fair, I thought it was really pretty from what I can see. I watched it on a hotel TV and <laughs> they sucks. clearly. No, it sucks because they um uh I'm a Marriott Bonvoy person. I love my my Marriott Bonvoy points. I'm a gold elite person as of today. Feels <laughs> great. Um <laughs> but they they use this like media box that they attach to it to, you know, do their content and like you can put Netflix on it and whatnot. But it actually locks all the and they give you a remote that works for that, so it locks all the settings for the TV. Oh no. But like clearly somebody fucked with this before because it's super dark like i could barely see a lot i had to sit like really really close to it um to really be able to see it i stayed at somebody's house uh, a couple weeks ago and they had motion smoothing on and i was like how do you look yeah it's terrible it's gross yeah i hate it i so to be fair i'm gonna give an asterisk to this movie because i watched it it took a bit to buffer because the internet here was not good the display was super dark i've been traveling a lot. I went from Indianapolis, getting stuck in Detroit for like twelve hours because uh, our my I missed my flight by one minute, and then Indianapolis to Portland, Portland to Seattle, driving it. So I'm I'm a little tired, and then having the issues with technology, 
maybe I wasn't in the headspace to watch sure. the movie at that time. But well, that eh. that's a good segue into an, uh, maybe my final point about the movie. I think that Dumbo Forty One is not super rewatchable. I think this one's super rewatchable, and this is like if I had a kid, this is something I would show my kid and watch with them multiple times. I I definitely think that this is a good remake, though. Like yeah. it it pays homage to the original. It's respectful to the original. It updates it, gets rid of some of the problematic elements, which that's an easy, low-hanging fruit to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Great special effects. Like, the elephant was a little weird-looking, but it makes sense because, you know, it wasn't a photorealistic elephant. But, you know, it's interesting. Looked cool. Very stylistic. The colors were, you know, vivid and everything. Um, Added some story elements to it. So, like, on paper, this is exactly what a remake should be. I just don't think it connected with me, but I definitely think this is something that should have been remade. Like yeah. they're remaking all the other Disney movies. And I think this one is less dear to me than, you know, Aladdin and Lion King and Beauty and the Beast was. And I thoroughly enjoyed those remakes as well. So I think this is definitely something that should have happened. Yeah. We can, we should cover some more of those remakes too. Cause I have not really kept up on the Disney live action remakes. I'd, I'd be fine. to. Re- we did Beauty and the Beast episode three of the pod. So I'd be fine with going back and doing some of those again. Yeah. I'd love to watch um, Jungle Book and Lion King and I guess Aladdin. I'm less stoked for that, but. I liked the Aladdin except for the yeah. the third act. The Will Smith genie still kind of puts me off. You just have to recognize this. I do wish they went somewhere different. Like actually uh, there's a teaser for one of our episodes and we joked about it at the time. This was before we realized how bad Louis C.K. was, right. but we kind of joked that it's like. I wanted them to go completely different than a Robin Williams larger than life kind of person. So I joked that Louis C.K. would have been a good, good Louis, choice. To Louis play. C.K. would be so weird as the, so weird and funny as a genie if he wasn't a piece yeah. of shit. You imagine him coming out and he's like, yeah, I fucking hate my kids. You guys like my kids? Yeah, that was pretty much what we did. Like, uh, you want to be a prince? You want to be a prince? God, that's a stupid wish. You know what, you know what uh, princes do? <laughs> um, I, thought th- I thought there was some really good... Um, dialogue and like wordplay in the in this version of dumbo can i shoot a couple lines off at you shoot a couple lines man um this is not dialogue it's wordplay but when dumbo first comes out uh he's in like um, a bassinet and it says dear baby dumbo uh jumbo i i did like this yeah and like the d gets knocked off and it, and the j gets knocked off and the d spins around so it says ear baby du- jumbo uh dumbo <laughs> that was pretty i, I thought that I was great that. um at some point, Danny DeVito just yells, no poos near the baby. <laughs> That's a little delivery, too, but that was a nice moment. Um, Danny DeVito is, like, pestered by this monkey for most of the movie. And when uh, Keaton meets with him, uh, the monkey is, like, in Danny DeVito's desk uh, trying to get his drink. And Keaton goes, is that a monkey in your desk? He goes, just for emergencies. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I got a couple. I missed that. I missed that joke. Yeah, I'm saying they're good. They're just like, you know, they're they're tucked in there. Uh, at some point, Keaton says to um, Colin Farrell, your family's mine. And he's saying, like, your family's my family. But also he says, your family's mine. I own you. Yeah. I thought that was sly as good. At some point, Ava Green is talking to Colin Farrell about uh, being the girlfriend, about being a millionaire's girlfriend. And she says that um, it's not a real relationship. And she's just one of the many gems he wears to reflect the light back to him. And I was like, Ooh, fuck. Yeah. He got a little robot hand at the end. So cool, man. Cowboy of the future. <laughs> it was. Oh, by the way, did you notice the there's um this is another nice moment. The the like butler slash assistant to Keaton uh, turns in his resignation the moment he hears uh, that Keaton wants to euthanize uh, Jumbo, Mrs. Jumbo. 
I thought yeah, that was a nice that was good. I thought that was a nice moment. I also was like, oh, he's Alfred. That's kind of cool. Another little Batman yeah. reference. Yeah, there we go. So, you know, he becomes the cowboy of the future and the daughter like essentially invents movies, right? Yeah, it seems like it. They're, they they reference the um the first moving picture, which is like an uh, an eight second loop, or maybe it's an eight frame loop of a black man riding a horse, a black jockey riding a horse, and she does it with Ava Green riding jum- uh, Dumbo, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like he incorporated the beginning of film history, blah blah blah. But it's also a week after I saw Nope, and I'm not spoiling anything here, but um, that oh, sorry, I thought my cat was playing with the thing. Um. That little clip of a of a black man riding a horse and the fact that it's the first um, motion picture essentially is integral to the family in No and the fact right. that it's a black person. Um, so you know this movie came out four years ago. Like obviously he's not referencing that, but it was weird to right. watch them in succession. That's pretty interesting. I just want to end with one other thing, yeah. and then so you have to suspend your disbelief when you're talking about a flying elephant. So let's say. In theory, the, his ears were big enough and strong enough to create the lift. Sure. You know what they don't talk about? Everyone talks about his ears. Nobody talks about his neck strength. His neck and head are holding up the entire body of an elephant. Yeah, his body's not dangling in the air. It's perpendicular. <laughs> it's rigid. It's so like his yeah, like neck the way Superman strong. flies. Yeah. <laughs> that's got the strongest neck in the land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Just something I thought was interesting. It's very interesting, Mike. <laughs> All right, I've got nothing else. Yeah, man, uh, I got a few other things, but maybe it's not worth it. Nah, it's up to you, man. So I'll tell you what: either say something else or give us your plugs. I'll let you decide. Um, really quick, this is just like Nightmare Alley. Uh, I love that this is a crappy little circus. Um, at some point, uh, Colin Farrell, I was wondering, where did that mustache come from? The Baby of Mine song is very nice. It's really sad that Dumbo doesn't even have visitation rights to the, his mom in this movie. It's kind of sadder than anything yeah. else. Every single flying scene worked really well for me. Um, yeah. I don't remember what this is in reference to, but at some point I thought it'd be funny if Colin Farrell was like, I fought these guys. So if you can figure out where that belongs <laughs> in the movie, you win a free probably, year of Patreon. It was probably your note. That they were the the guards were dressed like Nazis. Maybe. Yeah. Danny Vito at some point says, You beautiful one armed cowboy. Yeah. And there's also a guy in Future World, like the world of tomorrow, and it looks like um Fallout. And uh the guy's in a dress and the wife is in like a suit, and it's fucking cool. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. All right, let's let's bring it home. Give us your plugs, bud. I'm on Twitter at Polishi, P-U-L-I-S-C-I. You can follow along with the movies I'm watching on Letterboxd, also at Polishi. Um, I post a lot of videos on my cat that apparently go viral on Instagram. That's Dyslexic, D-Y-S-Alex-I-C. Uh, I make film and TV related TV shirt, uh, film and TV related shirts um on my etsy that's burn the scene boutique and if you use the code remake rewind you can get some percentage off i forget what it is it's 15 it's good though it's good it's good no this stuff's really good um and you guys could check out everything that's mdx pods related at mdxpods.com twitter instagram and facebook all at mdx pods we're also on the youtube so check us out there if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash mdx pods get early access and whatnot bonus episodes it's pretty rad helps keep the lights on because we pay for everything the web hosting the movies everything we don't steal anything we're good podcasters yeah, it's getting dark over here we need the lights on Yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. Bye.